Remember, do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. What is happening, everybody? Welcome to episode four of the Platinum Podcast, the unofficial Australia's number one PlayStation podcast, brought to you by Busy Playing Something. I'm your host, Joshua LaRosa, joined, as always, four episodes in by For the Players' own Dominic Mercer. Dom, how are you going? I'm going good, my friend. How's everything? You know, I'm I'm okay. I'm a lot more prepared for this week's episode than last week. We were a bit rushed. We had public holidays and yeah, I wasn't yeah. feeling the greatest, but I, I feel I'm back. You know, I'm full of full of energy, which is yep, important. You look great. You look great. So that's good. No, your hair is looking on point today too. Yeah, you I got a haircut. haircut. I, yes. Finally. Finally. First thing I said I was going to do once I got double vaxxed. Uh, took a couple of days, but I, yeah, I got a haircut. Oh, wow. Well, you know, I yeah, it, it needed to be done. I had my sister cutting my hair for a the oh, last year and it was it was a risky move i don't yeah. even let her cut our dog's hair but you know it was desperate times <laughs> desperate yeah. times but this is yeah. uh the platinum podcast your weekly playstation show every wednesday 9 p.m australian daylight saving times on uh podcast feeds okay. and youtube and of course busy playing something the the uh the maiden event every thursday 7 30 on twitch all those details are in the description now while you're there we're building up a smaller youtube audience give the video the, the whole YouTube thing kind of throws my head off, right? Like back in the day, you used to be I, able to just subscribe and that was fine and you see the videos. But now YouTube's like, you need to subscribe. You got to ring some bell. Yeah. You got to write gotta a- like notifications and everything. Yeah. yeah. Write a letter yeah. of intent, you know, <laughs> send us through your yeah. resume and then maybe you'll see yeah. some of our videos. But if you're watching on YouTube, do the right thing. Do the right yeah. thing. And of course, podcast feeds, uh, five stars would be much appreciated. If not, I will send Dom- to your house. So keep that in yeah. mind. But Dom, yeah. what have you been playing? Uh, so same as you, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. It's the only thing I've been able to really play in this uh, troubling uh, times for myself. <laughs> troubling as in busy. Yeah. Not to, you know, throw anyone off. I have nothing. Everything's going fine with me. Uh, I've been playing Guardians of the Galaxy. It's been actually pretty fun. I see that you too have been playing it. Yes, I finished Here's it. To... You finished it? Oh, mm. okay. So what? what let's... Uh, Let's jump right in. Let's get the thoughts. What do you think? Yeah. How far are you into the game? Um, so, I think I'm about a quarter of the way through, in honesty. I've just done, um, I mean, spoilers, I've just done the Cell, Rocket, or Groot yep. thing. Uh, so, you're so still fairly early on. That's Yeah, fairly early. And that was shown in some of the gameplay reveals was, for the game. Yeah, so, was, it's, it's not too spoilery. I'll, I'll keep all my thoughts spoiler-free, but... I've got to admit, I think I was extremely harsh on this game leading into it. I do mm -hmm. think it starts off slow, but what yeah. won me over um, over time was the characters and the interactions. And by the end, I really... It didn't feel like... With Avengers, I'm like, oh, this is rip-off MCU. Where with this yeah. game, it, it I truly fell in love with these characters. And some of them are very similar, but some of them are very different as well. Um, the yep. game goes into territories and introduces characters I never even heard of before. And yep. I know uh, some of that will become relevant in MCU later on. But yeah, I, I think this game's gone from one of my most, I wouldn't say most disappointed games, but one of my most like, eh, you, you know, play it on sale when, whenever you get to it to yeah, a game. Yeah, you didn't really rate it. Yeah, a game I, I truly recommend to any third-person action adventure fans. Um, I do stand by my point, though, that this game doesn't do any one thing fantastic. Yeah. Like it's again, trying to, you know, introduce some of the character interactions from a mass effect and it's got some uncharted vibes, but what the one game that I didn't think of until recently that I think this game links perfectly to was the star Wars, uh, Jedi fallen order game where oh. 
that launched. I really liked it. It was very buggy at launch. This game does have some weird bugs as well and some jank. But the more I kind of separated myself from the game, the more I realized that this is now not in my top three, four, five favorite games of the year, but I think can be part of the conversation. I think will be part of the conversation uh, for many. But what about you, Dom? Yeah, uh, I agree a little bit with some of the jank that you're saying. I haven't seen any any glitches yet. I've only played for about I think four five hours. Um, but yeah, like you said, it just it's winning me over with just the heart of the game. The game has a lot of heart. So uh, whether it be the banter between the characters, it really connects you, makes you want to see what happens with these, mm. you know, with the guardians, which is something that the movie does really well. Um, and I know we keep comparing it to the MCU and a lot of um, the video game tie-ins to these franchises don't really even acknowledge the MCU. They take some of the popular aspects like the character designs uh, a little bit and bring them in. But yeah, like the, the Marvel games do this really well as they build on their own comic lore. So the characters that you probably haven't even seen before probably play a pretty prominent role in the MCU yeah. for these characters. Um, I love it when the games do that. I love it when you have like a, a games like, and I know I've said this before, like the Punisher game for the OG Xbox had a lot of, it had like Black Widow in it, it had references to Spider-Man and things like that. I love when the games do that. And that only adds to the heart of the game. Um, the thing that it kind of is only like a detriment for me is the combat is a little on the um, loose side, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Yes, loose is the perfect uh, word too. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. And that's not like, a, that's not a deal breaker for me. I just want to say that it's not bad in any way, shape or form. There's just a, been a couple of times where it's been like a bit of a cluster because um, all the button combinations are... You know, at the start of the game, it, they can be confusing, but you pick them up towards the end. And just some some of the animations look a bit weird. Like I would imagine if you're fighting an enemy and you're locked onto them, you wouldn't turn your back to them. Mm. If that makes any sense. And it just looks a little bit weird when Star-Lord's like running 180 degrees away from the enemy. And yeah, he's, his arms are like, you know... But especially when he can fly and he's got jet boots and stuff. But other than that, at the moment, um, I am a real big fan of this game and I agree with you. It's probably not going to be game of the year, but it can definitely be, be part, part of, the of the conversation. Yeah, it's it's just a lot of heart. It's great. And I know on uh, on Thursday, we had a lot of interest to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy, which we did not. So I directed the people to this podcast <laughs> to be like, hey, we, you know, we're going to talk about it a bit here because it's something that we're both playing so there are a lot of fans out there of this game and i think selling it's well great too yeah i think it's great and i think it's doing it's going to do good so the one thing i don't like we'll end on this i don't like the huddle i don't like it it's a bit it, weird it's weird <laughs> it, it throws you off the the i like what comes afterwards but i'd rather mm. that just be a bar that i fill up activate it and the music starts playing and that happens yeah. but the whole like Let's pause in the middle of a fight. Let's have these. And they're talking yeah. and I'm like, come on, come on, come on. And the answer's so obvious where it's yeah. like, cut that out completely. Yeah. And just, just give me a, a meter bar that I need to fill up with, you know, style points or whatever, where, whatever it is. And let me activate that. And that's enough. I don't need to, don't need to huddle. I'm not a big yeah, huddle guy. I personally love the huddle, uh, but I do agree that it breaks like immersion, like in yeah. the middle of the fight when like all your guys are down and they're like so far away. It's like huddle and they all, you know. Yeah, yeah. come back. Get yeah. it, but I love it. Yeah. Give it another five, ten hours and we're interested to see if you still love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, that's all I've really been playing. Now, my next yeah. game that I I've, I finished Marvel versus uh, Marvel versus Capcom, Mar yeah. Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy. And then I sat there and I'm like, what's next? I've got Deathloop sitting yeah. here. Kenna's still sitting there. Or Kena. Cool. 
Uh, I've decided I am going to play through Demon Souls for the first time. Oh, the games nice. always, uh, always appeal to me from a distance. I've been too nervous to ever play a Souls-like game or a Soulsborne or whatever the, the, the yeah, you know, Soulsborne, correct. correct. And Elden Ring, they obviously had that real big gameplay reveal. Everyone was talking about it. They had the uh, closed beta, which has gone extremely well and it's been getting, you know, people are already saying this is a game of the year contender for next year. Yeah. Uh, and today the beta, by the way, just for those who have the luxury of playing it. I know. So I've decided that, you know, I, I'm i not going to go back and play Demon's Souls, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, no, all of them. No, you don't need to. Uh, but I do want to, I think Demon's Souls just looks so great on PS5. And I do want to kind of play the start and then jump into Elden Ring. If I can get through it, I am super nervous. I'm probably going to have to, you know, cheese my way through it, play as a mage or whatever I need to do. But... Yeah, so Demon Souls will be the next game on the rank, uh, next game on the list. Now, sold out everywhere, which was weird physically. I managed no. to buy a copy online, so I'm just waiting for it to come. So I don't know if I'll have an update for next week, but just keep your eye out there. Cause, uh, yeah, well, we can mitigate that, uh, that uh, you know, uh, tension you have towards it and maybe that the hesitation is the better word towards it. Uh, if you like, uh, we can do that whole game co-op. So, it, oh. And it's a lot easier. Yep. Uh, it's a great one to start with, I think, mm-hmm. because especially it's a lot more, oh, I don't want to say forgiving, but it's a lot smaller in terms of scope. S- yeah, and slower as well top. by the looks of things. Yeah, a little bit. Um, you will enjoy it, I, I feel like, if, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to offer it out there. We can make, maybe we should do a video or something of just us playing through yeah. Um, yeah. a section, but it, you'll enjoy it more with two people. I did, similar, I played it first on my own, and then my brother picked it up. And um, we played through together and it was a lot more fun. All right. We're doing it. Yeah. You're doing okay. it. We're doing it. All right. Beautiful. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Demon's Souls, keep that out on the horizon. It's just, I've always, it always looked so, as much as it's difficult, my tastes mm. in gaming have changed so much over the last two, three yep. years that Proudy, I'm willing buddy. to give it a chance, you know? Yep. Yeah, next next thing you know, I'll be playing Civilization. No, that's not happening. <laughs> but, um, all right. Playing a MOBA. And playing a MOBA. Anyway, yeah, I'm not, I'm not Vin. Yeah, League of Legends, get out of here. All right, so let's move on now. We've got a pretty, I guess, I would say jam-packed, but it's packed. It's it's moderately yeah. packed, uh, the shoe report. So let's jump straight into the shoe report. So the first item on the uh, list, Dom, is PlayStation 5 celebrates its one-year anniversary. I can't believe how quickly time has flown, and we're now sitting oh. at the one-year mark uh, for PS5. Now, on PlayStation blog, uh, president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, Jim Ryan, celebrated the one-year anniversary. Quote, so much has happened in the uh, in just one year from the day we lit up all the landmarks and our other iconic places all over the world to mark the arrival of PS5. Incredible games such as Ratchet & Clank, Rift Apart, Returnal and Deathloop launched. SIE acquired the talented development studios, Bluepoint Games, Fire Sprite, Housemark and Nexus. We revealed our next generation VR system for PlayStation 5. And most recently, we unveiled new footage and exciting updates for upcoming titles such as God of War Ragnarok, Gran Turismo 7 and Horizon Forbidden West, all from PlayStation Studios. And of course, we announced Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake during our September showcase, Ellipsis. Additionally, there are currently more than 25 games in development for PS5 at PlayStation Studios. Now, this is something that Herman Holst uh, also mentioned a few months back during an interview. But yeah, Jim 
old mate Jimbo is just reconfirming that PlayStation Studios has more than 25 games in development uh, for PS5 and in some regards PS4. So that's exciting. Let, let's let's hold it there. They also went through and, and spoke about the top 10 games played on PS5 during during its first year. We can touch on that for a sec, but I guess looking to what Jim ha- has kind of gone through, I want to go back and let's reminisce kind of PlayStation 5's first year. Let's talk about the highs and lows. We can look to the future, uh, talk about some of our favorite games. But Dom, let's start from from the start, right? The, the, the June showcase uh, that... PlayStation held in 2020. I don't know if you recall leading up to it, Sony was super quiet um, about the PS5. We didn't see or hear anything. Xbox was out and proud, announced uh, their their new console at the Game Awards. So they they were very much in the front foot. But what what were your, I guess, thoughts during that time, right before we, we got the official reveal to what you were feeling right after it? Yeah, so this is, uh, I love that time of the year. It's a great time of the year to be uh, a gamer. And it really just, it really reignites the passion. I don't know about you, but in me, when they announce, start announcing new consoles and there's rumors and things like that, it just gets me excited to see what 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 is going to come, you know, and what's, and what's next for the brand and everything like that. Not just, you know, I'm a big fan of all video games. Uh, I do have, a, a you know, a special place in my heart for Sony. So was very exciting to see that stuff and then when they announced it it was just like wow like you know we're kind of getting that like it was the feeling of almost like ps3 to ps4 for me was kind of like oh it's a jump up but it's not like a huge jump this felt like a huge gap interesting okay they were releasing that was for me personally like i still love the ps4 and i was like hey it's great and it's got you know it looks like it's gonna be a lot better but um there was just something about the PS5 reveal that mm. felt like truly next gen. Like, you know, even the console design, it wasn't a black one for the first time. Almost felt like those, um, you know, those leaks you see of those weird alien looking consoles. Floating orbs, you know? yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, floating orbs and banana controllers, uh, boomerang controllers, sorry. Um, so for me, it's just a great, it was a great time to be a gamer. You get excited, you remember all the stuff, you remember why you love this. And that's a big part of it for me personally. That's, that's so um, important, yep. Yeah, and uh, it was just really exciting. I can't remember. Do you remember what games they announced it would launch with? Yeah, so I'll, I'll go through uh, some of that stuff. But yeah, looking, uh, I guess, that June showcase, you're right. Um, you know, yeah, how about you? Yeah, we, what did we, you? How would you feel about it all? You know me. I'm always, I yeah. was always super keen and super excited. But it was odd having uh, PlayStation be so quiet where their competitor was so loud and proud and showing their console and, Very you know, sweet. really getting out there. Halo was revealed. Uh, well, formally reveal, revealed, and Sony was quiet. You remember they had a few articles through Wired. They uh, spoke about the yeah, yeah. DualSense controller, um, <clears throat> but we had no formal reveal of the console. And then E3 came and went. We had nothing. And then we had that surprise event in June, and then they backed it up in September, I believe, with a second showcase. Oh, yeah. um, but thinking through, and I said this, I'm busy playing something at the time, and I, I truly do stand by it. Those two showcases were some of the best press conferences I've ever seen um, from all, all publishers. You think through what we saw. We obviously got the reveal of the console, consoles, plural. We got the, the digital edition, which is the first time Sony's done that in the past. Um, you know, it's, I remember watching the, the conference, and it. I know it started with GTA 5, and no one was like, oh, here we go. But <laughs> yeah. when they 
flipped that switch and they said, all right, we're going to show you the future of PlayStation. And then we saw Miles Morales. And at the, at the time, no one knew what it was. No one yep. could believe Insomniac were making uh, another game and that it was launching with the console. Um, so Miles Morales was huge. We saw our first look at Horizon. Uh, they had some really good indie stuff as well. We saw Kenner for the first time, Bug Snacks, which was a day one Game Pass game launch, uh, Game Pass game, day one PlayStation Plus game. Uh, my yep. apologies. Uh, launching day and date on PS5. There you go. That's that's Phil Spencer slipping me a $50 note. Uh, right, we saw we'll, some, cut, we'll cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> we saw some really good third-party reveals as well. Ghostwire Tokyo from Tango Gameworks, which is, of course, now part of Microsoft's family at Bethesda. Yep. We saw Godfall, um, for all that's worth. Project Athia, which is the Square Enix Luminous uh, Productions game from the team behind Final Fantasy XV. We saw mm-hmm. Deathloop for the first time, Resident Evil Village. We got uh, Pragmata from Capcom. Uh, again, we saw uh, the PS5 and all the accessories and all, you know, what the console looked like. So it was a really jam-packed conference. And then that was followed up with September where we got Final Fantasy 16 and I Lost My Mind and all those other really strong reveals. So those showcases are something I remember. I do remember the PS4 as well. They had the future of PlayStation event in February, I believe it was, of 2013. I remember I skipped out on a uh, uni... Um, class to watch it live in the cafeteria kind of area the way. That's, that's the way that's the way and I, I remember finishing it i'm like oh my god they didn't even show the consoles just the controller um but yeah all in all it was just such a good lead up and then they had that weird uh you know kind of pre-order debacle where the conference yeah. finished they tweeted that pre-orders would go live the next day and then within hours walmart and all the other stores eb games went live and everyone was scrambling um, were you yeah. able to get a pre-order PS5 day one? How did you go with all that? Yeah, that's well, that's a good... You took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to ask you the same. Yeah, I did. I managed to. Uh, I have become accustomed to that with some fancy, you know, uh, editions of games that are, you know, limited to, you know, first come, first serve. It, it does, you know, we could talk about that for a bit if you want that whole pre-order debacle. Mm. It, it's a bit sucky. I did manage to get one. I know a lot of people missed out by literally, like, minutes you know, for these things, you've got to be on point and it does suck. And I wish there was a better way to do it. I did. Uh, I didn't have any problems though with that one. I do remember um, going out of the two consoles. I was like, look, the Xbox doesn't have anything on it. That is a must play for me. It had Halo, but they quickly announced that Halo was uh, not coming, was getting launch. delayed. Yeah. So then I was like, okay, if it's not coming, it's just multi-plat games that I'm going to probably play on the PlayStation anyway. So yeah. it's the first time in the history of like console launches for me personally that I didn't purchase every one on launch. Yeah, um, I was the same. So, but yeah, but the PlayStation for me was like a must. I had to have it. So I had to. I made it a point that I was like, okay, this is the one I want. I have to focus to. Yeah, there we go. There it is. Um, I had to get it, so I went out of my way to try and, you know, set an alarm and all that stuff. Uh, curious to see how you went with that. I'm fairly certain you got one on launch. Yeah, so. I watched the showcase live, of course. Mm. That was at about 6 a.m. here in Australia. Right. And then yep. I finished the showcase all hyped. I was exhausted. Uh, yep. And then they said that pre-rolls would go live tomorrow, so I fell, went back asleep. And then I got a message in two hours' time from my uncle saying, get up, pre-orders are live. And I literally jumped out of bed screaming, went on my phone and luckily was able to secure a pre-order that I picked up day one. So, uh, a crazy time. Um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about their launch lineup as well, which they've gone out their way and say it's the best in PlayStation history. And I I would stand by that. I think definitely, you know, looking back at PS4, 
day one with Knack and Killzone Shadowfall and or even PS3 with Resistance and some of those other launch titles. This is the best launch lineup, exclusive launch lineup, I think, PlayStation's ever had. And that was Demon Souls from, obviously, Bluepoint Games, which is now a first-party studio. Uh, Sackboy, a big adventure uh, by Sumo Digital, I believe, which are a third-party. Spider-Man right. Remastered and Spider-Man Miles Morales, which uh, mm-hmm. obviously now from first-party studio Insomniac. Godfall, which was a console launch exclusive i believe it's now come to pc and ps4 or is coming to ps4 bug snacks launch day and date to playstation plus as a day one title and of course we had astrobot um as your pack-in game so yeah look at looking through that list dom like i think we're all in agreement here this is a very very strong launch lineup yeah it's stacked and now it didn't even occur to me until you mentioned it just then it was it's probably the most stacked launch lineup because i can't personally remember um, PS4, like a launching the la- a launch of the PS4, the games I was excited to play for. I think I was just most excited to have the console. Yes, the PS4. that is where true. The, yeah, where there's the PS5, I remember going, what should I play first? Yep. Which was like really a really cool feeling. So, um, you know me, like, I mean, I was super keen to play first off Demon's Souls Remastered. So that was probably one of the first ones I played. Uh, Miles Morales uh, was definitely on my list. It was top two between them. And then, um, you know, just surprise things that blew me out of the water that didn't have, I think, any reason being as good as they were, which was Astrobot, which was just a love letter to PlayStation. I know you've spoken about it before. I've spoken about it before on the podcast, but that was just so yeah. masterfully done to have as a bundle in game. It's yep. just like, wow. That and... um. And Bug Snacks just like had no business being as good as it as it as it was for me. And um, I did pick up uh, Godfall on launch because the, um, the I won't shame the store that did this, but you probably know who I'm referring to. Um, I yeah, I uh, pre-ordered it, the standard version, with full intent to return it, mm. and they gave me the like two hundred dollar version instead yeah. of the. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to keep it if, yeah. if it's worth, you know? So I played that and that was a really cool, like, I know this is going to sound bad and probably up- upset a lot of, uh, you know, Godfall fans if they're out there, the two of you that are out there. Um, it felt like a really cool tech demo. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It was a typical yeah. launch game where I think yeah. everything else Agreed. didn't feel that. PS4, you're yeah. 100% correct. I-, I was looking through the PS4 launch lineup and really there was nothing, I think, no, nowhere near on the level of, say, Miles Morales. I think the big yeah, games yeah. were Assassin's Creed Black Flag, if you remember that launched as right. a next-gen game only, and then they had yeah. uh, Rogue was the PS3 and 360. Is it Rogue? Yep. Yeah, the Assassin's Creed game. Um, you had your Call of Duty and Battlefield. Uh, yeah. Exclusive-wise, you had Killzone and Knack. Uh, you mm-hmm. remember Infamous Second Son got pushed into that following February. So it was a, a launch window game, but not a launch launch yep. game. Um, but yeah, yeah you're no, right, you're right. Nowhere near um, on the level. And then PS3 is a completely different story. You've gone back to Ridge Racer and Marvel Ultimate mm. Alliance and all, all those fun things. So, uh, right. from a launch lineup perspective, they've had a really uh, strong year. And then I think they've they've continued that with Ratchet and Clank um, and Returnal. They've been a bit quiet this fall, but I think next year's stacked with obviously God of War, Horizon and Gran Turismo. Yeah, ne- just jumping in real quick. What, what did you play first? What was your first like sort of impressions on? I think I went straight into... I did Astrobot first, Astrobot? Yeah. platinum that, and then I moved to Miles Morales, which I platinumed. Mm-hmm. 
And then I think I did a little bit of Sackboy, kind of jumped off, went to Spider-Man Remastered, platinumed that. <laughs> and then uh, I think I went to Assassin's Creed for a little bit. And then I just, within yep. a little bit, I'm talking 20 hours, I was like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not playing this anymore. And then I bounced. So <laughs> it was a very busy time. You're right. You're 100% right. It was the idea of what do I play first? So Yeah, still, you just said like everything that I... You know, reiterate, you reiterate what I just said then. You're, it looks like you played about four or five games. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, impressive. Uh, and I guess a few other a quick action items is in terms of celebrating that first year of PlayStation. They, they spoke about, obviously, the acquisitions from Bluepoint to Fire Sprite to Housemark and Nexus. But a few other things that Sony did this year during its first year of PlayStation 5, they made a 5% investment in Devolver Digital, which we spoke about last week, uh, invested in Epic Games twice, uh, they invested in Discord, planning to bring that to PSN in 2022. Uh, they announced a PlayStation VR successor uh, for PS5. And then Sony as a business also purchased Evo. So they've had a really, really stacked, really busy year. Uh, and I guess the last point I wanted to ask you before we move on to the, the top 10 games were, what were your thoughts or what are your thoughts now um, on, I guess, the console itself visually? And the DualSense controller and how that, I, you know, for me, I felt really changes the game, no pun intended, yeah. um, <laughs> on what, what a controller can be. But uh, what's your thoughts first? Yeah, well, like you said, um, nothing but up going from here, you know. Uh, I think I'm very excited about the future of PlayStation, specifically the VR the VR 2. Um, you hit something that I, I want to touch on. You said the uh, DualSense was a game changer. I think for me going into the whole PlayStation launch. Um, I didn't really realize the DualSense was going to be as big as it was. Uh, so when I got my hands on it, I just assumed it was going to be another DualShock, you know? Yeah. But to see that haptic feedback, um, just the feel of it, uh, just the button input pressing, the smoothness of it, the, the reaction, I was pleasantly surprised. That was another thing that I feel like didn't have any reasons being as good as it was. Mm. Uh, I am super curious to see what you thought. I mean, you probably had a little bit more information on it uh, going into it, whereas I went in kind of blind going, look, I just want to experience this stuff fresh when it's in my hands. But I'm assuming that you would have had more knowledge on it. What did you think of the um, the DualSense when you first picked it up and held it? Yeah, so uh, they led in with the PlayStation reveal with the controller, which they did that yeah. with PS4. The future of PS4 event was the controller first, but obviously Sony had that big push with uh, the wide articles kind of talking through the DualSense. And, and I think firstly, the, the name change indicates a change in, I guess, thought process from a DualShock to a DualSense. It's all about the senses. And I know it sounds cheesy and I get it. It does sound cheesy, but when you've got that controller in your hands and it's, you know, we've introduced motion controls. We've had move, we've had, you know, the Wii mode, we've had connect, we've had all these different ways of playing games right beyond just having the the control in your hand. I don't think any of them will hit like VR will hit. But second to that, I've never seen a peripheral that is also a controller that in no way takes away from the game. You know, you're not handicapped by the move controller. You know, you're not handicapped by the connect and its capabilities. It's only enhancing the game in every yeah. shape and every form. Uh, whether that's playing Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart and, you know, having the, the tension on your triggers uh, yeah. having the rumble, having the, you know, the, the microphone, you know, speak to you or whatever that is that, you know, the touchpad. Uh, and yeah. they did do that, I guess, with PS4 with the touchpad, but it was, 
it was there for the launch titles, right? You think of Infamous Second Son and you're, you're swiping left and right to do certain things. This is not what it is. It's small things like swinging in Spider-Man and, you know, pressing your trigger to shoot your web and feeling the tension of when you shot the web and when it's connected to a wall, yep. that very slight tension. Um, Astrobot is a perfect example of, of feeling that way. You know, you go from walking on, um, you know, the ground to walking on sand and it actually feels you've got the haptic triggers and the, the rumble features actively representing as if you're walking on sand or walking on ice or sliding around or, yep. you know, having your triggers feel more harder to push when you're walking through heavy snow and all those things. That combined, I think, with some of PlayStation's storytelling, you think of what Last of Us and all those type of games will do, will only enhance that experience. So, personally, I think up until now, you could have lived without a PS5 in terms of the games mm -hmm. that are available, right? Yes, you miss out on Eternal Ratchet and Clank, which are some of the best games this year. But overall, right. both systems, you could get away with the PS4 and the Xbox One. Yeah. That's going to change, right, very soon. We know this. That maybe next year we got some of the big ones coming to PS4 still, but you know Wolverine, Spider-Man, they're all all next gen only. The game changer, which I hate saying because it's such a cheesy term, is the Dual Sense, and that was the experience that you give to someone like here, try this, and you can feel it. You can hear the raindrops falling on the character's head. You it just enhances the senses, so to speak. Yep. That yep. in com combination with what VR is going to do, it's going to have the same Oof. headset you know, kind of functionality mm -hmm. and 3D audio. Like I've got the PS5 headset on now, the PlayStation ones and 3D audio changes things as well. So I like that none of it is intrusive. None of it feels like it's getting in, in the way of the game. It's just supplemental kind of things that enhance the overall experience. That's mm -hmm. me. That's just me. No, I was, couldn't have said, said it better myself. <laughs> All right. Um, so... Finally, uh, Sony announced the top 10 played games during PS5's first year. Uh, unsurprisingly, the top games are Fortnite at number one, Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War, FIFA 21, NBA 2K21, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Destiny 2, MLB The Show 21, Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Demon's Souls, and NBA 2K22. Uh, Dom, was there any standouts? Obviously, there's some obvious ones like Fortnite and Call of Duty and FIFA, yeah. but what stood out to you was like, I'm surprised yeah. that was in the top 10. Um, and look, this is probably going to be a weird stance to take, but I totally didn't expect any first party titles in there, personally. Um, so for me, surprising was Miles Morales and Demon's Souls, Demon's Souls especially. Demon's Souls, um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you kind of, when you see these top like selling lists, they're always universal multi-plat titles that are, I mean, they're not casual games by any sense of the word. I just bring that word up because it's like a blanket Mm. Uh, that covers a broad variety of, you know, you, of gamers. And that's what it is. I mean, as much as you may not like Fortnite and Call of Duty and FIFA and all that, they're multi-million dollar franchises that have been established for a long time now. And if in the case of Fortnite, there's something that kind of took a genre and revolutionized it. And you see Call of Duty up there because it's got things like, you know, the battle zone, which is basically like, you, you know, war zone, sorry, which is yeah. basically like, your, you know, your big... Uh, Battle Royale. Battle Royale game, yeah. Um, so I was surprised to see first-party titles on there. It doesn't mean, like, I don't want anybody to get, you know, shocked and or worried or anything. It doesn't mean anything for the exclusives. No. You know, you, you got to remember that the exclusives are exclusive. So yeah. they don't have as broad a, a market as things like Fortnite, which is available on, Jesus, everything, you know? Mm. Like, yeah, so... 
um, the popularity of those games is is just something that you shouldn't be worried about if you're a PlayStation fan going, oh, does this mean less first party? No, it's not going to mean less first party things. No. Um, but yeah, for, how about yourself? Was there anything uh, on there that... Did you expect more first party titles on there? No, I, I, I did because the tracking kind of the first party sales, but I do agree with mm. you. Demon Souls being on there is very surprising. Uh, oh, but yeah. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, right? It was always yeah. going to sell well, the, the PS... Yeah. Uh, for 2018 Spider-Man, 2017 Spider-Man, apologies, is one of the highest selling PlayStation exclusives as well. So it makes sense. But to your point, the PlayStation exclusive attach rate is nowhere near to what Nintendo is, where they're consistently selling 30 to 40 million units for their popular games, where PlayStation, it's super successful game like God of War, is at 20 million units. But mostly, most average kind of exclusive games, maybe like your, your Demon's Souls or whatever, will likely only get to four or five million if they're lucky. So uh, it's great to see these games on the list, but you got to think about, you know, for the 115 million PS4s out there, how many of those players are real hardcore PlayStation players or are most of those kind of your, your casual uh, players who play your FIFA, your Call of Duty and all that, which is fine, but it's just something to keep in mind. Um, yeah. But we will move on. I guess the last thing I just do want to touch on before I do forget in that kind of one year celebration is Sony also uh, had the PlayStation Plus collection, which I think was a great launch right. initiative with yeah. a whole bunch of PS4's greatest games. So yeah. that's just one last note. But happy birthday, PS5. Uh, we look forward to another long time with this console uh, before we have to look to replace it, hopefully. Yep. Another uh, second item on the list, Dom, Spider-Man finally comes to Marvel's Avengers. So Crystal and Square finally revealed the long in development Spider-Man coming yep. to Marvel's Avengers this month, November 30th. Did you check out the trailer? What were your thoughts on uh, the design of Spider-Man? I did check out the trailer. I saw it. I made it a point to check it out because this game, as you know, is a big uh, point of uh, conversation for the busy playing something family. Community, yeah. Family, community. Um, I thought, first off, I think it was maybe a mistake to distance themselves from the Insomniac Spider-Man, but then you got to remember that this, the Avengers is on multiplat, you know, so, um, mm. this version of Spider-Man very much gives you the vibes of the early Peter Parker, where he's not as maybe worldly, he's just your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man still. It's very Tom um, Holland. Yeah, very, yeah. I th- and do you think that's what they were going for? I think that I think maybe so. they were trying to capitalize on that. Yeah. Um, look, I can sum it up by a question like this for you. Do you think it's too little too late? Yes. Um, I do commend Square and Crystal for sticking to the game in some regards. They they did this with Final Fantasy fourteen and have turned it around, but I do agree with the, I guess, the CEO of Square Enix thoughts during their earnings call that I don't think Crystal was the right team to make this game. And that's nothing against Crystal. They're just not built to make this multiplayer experience. I think the fundamentals of the game, there is a, I think is okay, but everything on top of it is just a bit Mm. soulless. Um, Spider-Man's obviously a big deal, but I do think Mm. this is too little Mm. too late. And they are trying some interesting things where they've had the game launch on Game Pass and they've had it on PlayStation now. Um, You know, we saw a bit of a bump with Black Panther. Spider-Man's obviously a a significantly larger and more popular character. So we will see that bump. But I don't even really see Sony promoting this anymore. I think they've just... They've realized that, yeah, Yeah. this game isn't what it was planned to be. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see it probably come and go, unfortunately. The trailer was fine. The character design looks fine. He's definitely a younger, younger Spider-Man. But 
Uh, to your point, can Spider-Man save Avengers? I, I don't think so. What about you? Um, yeah, you're 100% right, especially as if this they haven't really announced too much of what he's going to be doing. Is he going to be a tacked-on just character, an extra character? Is he going to come with some story content? That's mm. a big deal. I think we're just going to see a tacked-on character, in all honesty, which is going to probably disappoint a lot of people. Um, it's probably not the best move for them if they want to, quote-unquote, save, revive this game. I mean, you've got your hardcore fans in there, which probably are the only ones still playing it at this point. Mm. Um, and I think they're, you're going to be letting them down with just like a tacked on, okay, here he is. Um, you know, he's got some one-liners in battle. He's not really doing anything. I think he'll play a lot differently. I'm very curious to see how they'll do the web swinging. Yeah, in that open world type of environment, it's going to be like PS2 Spider-Man where he's just swinging from the sky and he's not actually attaching to anything yeah. anymore. Yeah, well, they kind of, I think they did that with Black Widow. Black Widow and Hawkeye. Yeah. 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 They had to kind of connect to stuff. So it's going to be a bit weird. It's going to be interesting. Uh, they have to really pull a rabbit out of their hat to just make yeah. this possible, I think. And I, unfortunately, as much as I would love to see it, I just don't think it's going to happen. No. And I just might add on to something you said quickly with the you agreeing with Square Enix going, thinking that Crystal Dynamics wasn't the right fit for the, the job. I think that what, and I said this on, um, I'm busy playing something live on Thursdays, so check that out if you haven't already. Um, that what they do, Crystal Dynamics, well is story-driven games. And if you look at the Avengers games, the positivity from it is campaign. You get the general consensus is the campaign start and the campaign end. There's a lot of fluff in between, mm. but those big set pieces and stuff are really what Crystal do well. And I think for Square Enix to say they weren't the right fit is kind of a little bit of passing the buck. And you know, I'm a big Square Enix fan. So for me, it breaks my heart to say I feel like they were maybe trying to shift the blade. Mm. I think they maybe didn't handle it as, you know, producers or developers of the game, whatever they were. Um, I think they saw dollar signs, like a rare sign where they were just like, we can really just cram in this live service element to it which they should have had as a sort of added on piece and not the main focus. But, mm. you know, we could talk about this for ages, but that's just my two cents. Yeah, I think uh, the game, we will, I hope that we kind of get an expose in the next few years and kind of going what happened behind the scenes, yeah. whose Love decision to was it to, to make it, you know, a multiplayer focused game? Was it Square? Was it, yeah. uh, was it Crystal? Did they want yeah. to make that game? Was it? Just want to point out, I could be, yeah, completely wrong. It yeah. could be. You know, I'm not an expert in this field. It's just what I, I personally feel mm. like. Mm. So, yeah. And if there was pressure coming from Marvel, we, we don't yeah. know. Uh, but ultimately, I think the game's kind of come and gone. They had a chance to relaunch it when they delayed the PS5 and series version of the game, the next-gen version, right. which they've done. Black Panther, everything's just been pushed out. I've played through some of the... I've played through all the single-player add-ons that they've done. And, you know, it's fine, but it's never been anything that I think you should have a this game purchased or installed over a hundred gigs sitting there all the time. It's yeah. just not enough to get you in. And if you get you in, you, you're playing and I, I'm not motivated to go spend money or do anything. So it's really just kind of floundering around. And the last point I'll say, I don't want to be too negative on it, but the fact mm. that um, Square Enix have allowed Crystal to work with Microsoft on Perfect Dark is, you, you know, that's a conversation on its own, but it's a clear indication to say, look, we've lost Marvel money on Marvel's Avengers. Um, we're not going to green light anything yet. Let's get you doing this because it's guaranteed money. 
and then we'll reevaluate it. I don't think there there's no chance that Crystal's going to be sold or close. Yeah. I think Square recognizes they are a, a very great studio and probably up there in kind of not not like a Naughty Dog level, but in that second tier of AAA studios and storytellers, they're in that mix. Um, but yeah, I, it's clear that Marvel's Avengers was a disappointment, but more power to you. If you uh, are a fan of the game and you're enjoying yourself, let us know in the comments, actually, if you're a, a Avengers fan and you're enjoying the experience. And if you're excited for Spider-Man, maybe we're wrong. Most likely yep. we are. <laughs> the last item on the list is, uh, not a positive one. We spoke about PS5's one year anniversary. Uh, but now we, we're finding out that maybe even harder to find yourself a PS5. So, Bloomberg has reported that Sony has lowered its PS5 production outlook for the rest of the financial year due to component constraints. As Bloomberg notes, Sony was planning to build more than 16 million PS5 consoles during its current financial year, which began in April of 2021 and ends in March 2022. The company's sales goal for that same period was 14.8 million units. Now, in light of supply constraints and logistical issues, Sony is dropping its assembly target down to 15 million PS5 consoles. So, about a million consoles dropped from the 16 to 15 million. For months, the PS5 was on pace to be Sony's best-selling console of all time. In July, Sony announced that it had already sold more than 10 million consoles and that the, play- uh, that the console was the fastest fastest selling of any PlayStation console ever. In the months since, it's now fallen off pace and is now behind PS4. The report goes on to note that the essential components missing isn't just to chip semiconductors. It was also power management chips, uh, which are apparently hard to find. And of course, the semiconductors being a part of it. So interesting, a bit of a sad story. I know people are are really trying to find a PS5 and I, I do commend Sony. I do think they're doing as much as they can. They've even freighted consoles um, by by playing to get them to places they need to be. Um, and it does suck that they had that new story of being the fastest selling console yeah. in US's history and UK's history, which it still is, but it's now fallen behind PS4. And it's clear that it isn't because of the popularity of the console. It's, it's purely based on the production of these systems. Some people sit there and go, oh, but you know, the scalpers... Scalpers aren't holding these consoles. They're selling these consoles. So, you know, majority of the scalped consoles are sold to someone by now. They're not just sitting in a warehouse where there's thousands of PS5s sitting there. The cost of a, you know, scalped PS5 is dropping significantly since launch. Uh, so that's not really, I think, relevant. But yeah, a bit of a sad story if you are trying to find uh, a PS5. Dom, w- w- do you see this really as, you know, it's interesting. They're, they're obviously selling really, really well. Xbox seems to be selling quite well as well. We're hearing a lot of positive news stories. They just had their Xbox 20th anniversary today. Um, Halo's launching today, multiplayer, you know, free. Does this slip give others opportunity to kind of step in? Like, is it going to be a portion of PlayStation fans that I can't get this console? I'm sick of waiting. There's an Xbox sitting on the shelf or there's a PC I can buy or build. Do I just move, move across? Or do you think PlayStation games will be a little bit more persistent and wait? to get their console yeah uh so great question firstly uh second off uh i think that hardcore playstation fans will always wait and try i think this will affect most people on the fence about what console Mm. to get um you know up until this point i do believe that the xboxes have been just as hard to get as the playstations so uh it's been a bit of a struggle Mm. um yeah a lot of people were blaming the uh the chip 
going like, oh, no, you know, we can't get it because the chip shortage and things like that. But yeah, like you, I'm glad you pointed out, it wasn't just the chip. There's part, parts shortage all around the world. And you're seeing that with graphics cards. You're seeing that with, you know, consoles, everything, phones. Uh, there's just, you know, a different demand for a lot of that stuff. So as much as Sony wants to push this stuff out, having to cut, you know, the amount they were going to put put out is a bit of, you know, a heartbreak. It's sad to see. I think most people that are trying to get a PS5 have gotten one. Like, I think there's still a bunch out there who don't, but I think there's more and more in the hands of gamers. See a lot of posts on Reddit and stuff saying, you know, pardon my French, fuck the scalpers. The hashtag mm. fuck scalpers has been a really good one with consoles being, you know, purchased for recommended retail. You're 100% right, though. The price of scalp consoles has dropped. I think we might see maybe a little bit of a, a pushback in that now that the console they've announced that it's you know going to get a little bit harder to get. Uh, kudos to Sony though for doing as what they can, freighting the consoles out here. Um, I think the hardcore fans are going to wait though to answer your question. Um, you know, hopefully we'll see this ease up by hopefully the end of 2022. I think yeah, um, it's most likely to be 2023 yeah, by the time you can yeah. walk into a store and yeah. consistently find. A console. Well, that's a good question. When do you personally think? Do you think 2023 you're going to be able to, it's going to be the point where you can just go into, you know, like a, a JB or an EB for yeah. uh, Australian watching? Yeah, I think yeah. it will be 2023. And we're seeing this delay not only in PlayStation console switches uh, being affected yeah. as well. Right. Oculus with their new VR unit, uh, the yeah. Oculus VR unit got delayed. Even the Steam Deck has been pushed into to a few months. So right. we're, yeah. we're seeing this industry-wide. I'm sure Microsoft and Xbox are affected as well. Um, but it, it's more, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. They'll get them out there eventually. But I guess they're probably frustrated because of that and the sense that they had that good news story to say that we're outpacing PS4 with, the, you know, now we've fallen behind, not due to kind of popularity or the success of the console, but because of the, the delay. Um, but a little fun fact for you, Dom. Do you know, if you cast your mind back to 2005, 2006, PS3's launch, Xbox okay. launched a year early. Do you know why one of the main reasons why the PS3 took that extra year to come out? What, what caused no the delay? It was a 50 cent component of the console, which was the most expensive PlayStation console ever, ever at the time. I remember hearing this. I remember hearing this. It's the die, the little blue die that's in your Blu-ray player that reads the disc. That 50 cent piece of equipment or, you know, component was impossible to get at the time and caused the delay of the PS3. So, it does happen. It's obviously been magnified because of COVID and that's just one reason why we're seeing these delays, but... Yeah, stick tight if you're a PlayStation, uh, you know, fan and you you are wanting to get a, a console. Just as much as it's sucky, just keep an eye out on on Twitter, um, you know, the EB Games website, uh, JB Hi-Fi. All those stores will regularly note when consoles are available. I've noted a lot more opportunities to pre-order consoles now where before they even stopped taking pre-orders completely. Um, so, you just got to stay vigilant, keep your eye out there. Um, and we do hope you get yourself a PS5. And if you don't, you have a PS4, you can play most of these games anyway. Um, you've got a bit of time and you can catch up on, on Returnal and Ratchet and whatever comes exclusively to the PS5. But Dom, that pretty much wraps up the uh, shoe report. Was there anything you wanted to touch on before we wrap up this week's episode? Uh, take it away. Yeah. So just to touch on what you said, yeah, there are definitely more 
uh, options to pre-order now. So uh, we might work on something to maybe uh, retweet an EB Games or something when the pre-orders uh, go live because uh, within this last month, I have seen uh, EB taking more orders for both the PlayStation and Xbox and JB doing the same. Yep. So we'll work on something to maybe like retweet or, um, you know, on our Facebook page or our Twitter or something where we, we just retweet the second they do it just to try to help people because that yeah. is... The thing you got to stay vigilant you will get one um yeah just it's one of those things where people aren't used to that that see the ps5 and xbox and go, oh, yeah, i want one they're not used to having to be in those like weird lines that where yeah. like people who buy sneakers and and you know limited edition games and stuff are you will get one do not worry we'll help out as much as we can that's all i wanted to touch on there 110 percent. so that's important uh to, to stay on top of all those things follow us on Twitter, uh, at Joshua LaRosa for myself, at us versus them gaming. Uh, you can see our details on the screen now if you're watching. Uh, you can follow Busy Playing Something at Busy underscore playing. But again, you can find us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all those things at Busy Playing Something. Uh, we also have a live podcast every Thursday that Dom is a part of. So if you want that, uh, we kind of cover more general video game topics, not so, I guess, console specific. Uh, that's every Thursday, 7.30 on Twitch. And then if you're an Xbox fan, which I know a lot of you guys uh, are, you can check out X Marks the Box, which is our weekly Xbox show available on YouTube exclusively. So if, you, if you're a fan of Xbox and, you know, doing some great things at the moment, celebrating uh, 20th anniversary, check that out on YouTube. Uh, I think that's pretty much it for us here today. Yep. Again, uh, a few other little quick notes. PS4 has celebrated its eight-year anniversary on the 15th of November 2013. So, happy eight years, um, yep. PS4. And then PlayStation 1 uh, launched, I believe, here in Australia, the 15th of November two, uh, 2005, 1995. So, going to say, yeah. <laughs> and my partner, my fiance, is born on November 15th. So, is that oh, a coincidence? I don't know. You, you, you screen these things before you date the women. Exactly, exactly. When were you born? Does it co-align yeah. with the PlayStation release? Yeah. No, well, well, can't help you. Uh, but back this in has, line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, back in line. Uh, but this has been the Platinum Podcast, Australia's number one self-proclaimed PlayStation show. I've been your host, Joshua LaRosa, joined by Mr. Mercer himself. Dom, thank you. Thank you very much, sir. And let's wrap it up. Long live the beta. Goodbye. Remember, do not underestimate the power of PlayStation.